three minutes, that's what we have left, uh, talking about the power of doubt. The power of doubt. Uh, Doubt is uh, a feeling of uncertainty. It's uh, indecision. Um, It's usually a little lack of confidence. But what we're going to say today is that's actually oftentimes a good and positive thing for us. We don't normally think of doubt as being a good thing, but but it really can be. Here's a little secret that we don't say too often in church. Most followers of Christ, even pastors and missionaries and Sunday school teachers, even ushers, small group leaders at times struggle with doubt. Did you know that? Almost every Christian, even uh, even the big leagues, get into God's word, even get in the hall of faith, those folks struggled with doubt and uncertainty. I'm convinced too often we act like, well, I've got it all together and I know all the answers and I never struggle or doubt, but doubt is not the opposite of faith. Listen, Balcony, doubt is not the opposite of faith. Unbelief is the opposite of faith. Unbelief is a willful refusal to believe. I I know that there's facts there, and and I get it, but I refuse to embrace the facts. That's the opposite of faith. But doubt, no, that's something that even the greatest people in God's word, the greatest men and women and uh, teachers and preachers and evangelists down through time have battled doubt and uncertainty. Locate with me in your phones or uh, in your Bible. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 11, where the greatest man ever born to a woman battles and fights through a season of doubt. It's exactly what this passage says. The greatest man ever born, he struggled with doubt in a really great way. Stand with me, please, if you're able. We're going to read the first 11 verses of Matthew chapter 11 out loud together. Okay? Here we go. Let's read. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is he anyone who does not stumble on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women... There is not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you 
Thank you for uh, uh, the opportunity we have to talk about doubt and uncertainty. And I suspect there are several standing today in your church right now. And if truth were known, that's exactly where they're at. They're struggling. They're right in the middle of one of those uncertain times in life. And I'm asking that what we learn today from John the Baptist and his experience of battling doubt, Lord, I'm asking that that will bring hope and encouragement and instruction to our lives. Thank you, Lord, for arising from the dead. Thank you, Lord, for bringing victory and hope over sin and Satan and death. And we're asking right now that the resurrected King Jesus would do some resurrecting in us. Resurrect me. Lord, start with me today in your church at Walloon Lake. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one loud, unified voice, you can be seated. There are actually several, I would call them, major league doubters found in the pages of the Bible. Uh, I would start first with one of the greatest Old Testament prophets, Elijah. He uh, laid under a broom tree in 1 Kings chapter 19. He went to war with Jezebel and Ahab. And uh, after going to war with them, he runs, uh, after doing battle with 450 prophets of Baal, he runs as far away as he can, and he camps under a broom tree. That's a broom tree there. And here's what he says. Great man of God, great warrior. I'm tired, Lord, just kill me. <laughs> I want to die, just take me out right now. Uh, I won't ask if anybody has ever felt that way, maybe even this week, but uh, sometimes just kill me, Lord. I, you're, you're so overwhelmed, you're so filled with doubt and confusion, that's exactly where Elijah was. There's this other guy named Thomas, and uh, he's the one that we kind of associate most with doubt. And he famously said, John chapter 20, if I don't see the nail scars myself, if I can't put my fingers in the wounds, I refuse to believe. I got to see it for myself. Uh, I need to touch Jesus myself. But today we're going to focus on John the Baptist. Now John the Baptist was the one who baptized Jesus in Matthew chapter 3. You understand that, right? So Jesus said, who, who can I choose to baptize me? John, you're the man. And first, John didn't want to do it, and he, he says, okay, I'll do it. He also was the fiery and bold preacher of Christ. The man, the man was fearsome. He, he, he wouldn't be stopped as he was the preacher. Uh, it says, we just read that, Matthew 11 and verse 11, the greatest man ever born, all the billions and billions. You're exactly right, Rachel, John the Baptist. And yet, as we just read, boy, did he struggle with doubt. Boy, did he deal with a season of doubt. What's interesting, though, if you go back just a few years, <laughs> there was no doubt whatsoever. Uh, go back John chapter 1 and verse 29. Here's what John said then. He sees Jesus, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There's no doubt there. 
John knew exactly who Jesus was. Slide down to verse 34, John 1. Here's what John knows. I have seen and I testify that Jesus is the Son of God. John said, I've seen it, and I want you to know this is the Messiah. This is the Old, the Old Testament one that was promised. This is the Christ, the chosen one. So please know this, John knew exactly who Jesus was. He was the announcer to the world. So as we go back to the passage, what happened to the heavyweight champion of faith named John the Baptist? Because as you go back to verse 2, that's not how he's appearing right now. Look at what it says, verse 2. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples, the ones who were following him around, would you go to Jesus and ask him, hey, Jesus, are you the one who's to come? Are you really the Christ? Or should we expect somebody else? (laughs) Wow. First key to understanding doubt is this. Doubt usually grows in the soil of trouble, in pain, in difficulty. Most of the time, that's the ripe soil where doubt takes root and grows in our lives. John was in prison here for telling the truth. John was imprisoned here because Herod asked him a question, and he was just honest enough to answer it truthfully. He said, "Uh, Herod, you have no business sleeping with your brother's wife. Herod, you've got no business having sex with with your, your brother's wife. That's wrong, and that's sin. And as a result of speaking the truth, being bold and fearless, Mark 6, verse 17, Herod had John arrested and thrown into prison. Now please understand, it was an ancient, filthy, rat-infested, 120 degrees down by the Sea of Ga- uh, the Dead Sea, excuse me, prison. It was an awful prison. So again, doubt grows in times of pain and difficulty and suffering. When the diagnosis is cancer, doubt grows. When the loved one that you never expected would die, dies unexpectedly. When you're unfairly fired from your job. When your spouse says, I don't want to be married to you any longer. Doubts are fairly common when we're in those kinds of dungeons. Are you tracking? When we're going through the really hard times, when things are difficult, that's, that's when the dark dungeons appear, and that's where doubts tend to grow as we walk through this fallen and often difficult and painful world. Now, John was struggling big time with doubt here, and he seems barely strong enough to muster enough faith to ask his disciples, hey, Uh, Go ask Jesus if he really is the Messiah. But here's what I want you to get first, okay? I love the fact that Jesus isn't mad at John for asking the question. I appreciate the fact that Jesus isn't frustrated or angry. He doesn't yell at John for asking a really hard question. Here's the good news. 
Jesus understood where John was at. He got it. He knew he was in this season of prison and doubt. He understood, and he he didn't get mad at John. He wasn't frustrated or angry with John. Are you ready? And he's not going to be frustrated with us when we're in a season of doubt either. (laughs) That's good news. Instead, Jesus gives John the simple facts. Okay? Jesus gives John the evidence. Look at verse 4, Matthew chapter 11. Here's the evidence. Here's the facts. Here's what he says to the messengers of John the Baptist. Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The good news is proclaimed to the poor. Here's what you need to see here. Jesus is asking John, evaluate the facts against your feelings. Did you catch that? John Take just a moment now. I know how you're feeling. You're unsure. You're uncertain. You're filled with doubt. But evaluate the facts against your feelings. I know you're doubting and you're uncertain right now. But do you remember what the Old Testament said would happen when the Messiah came on the scene? John, do you remember what the Old Testament said when when the Christ comes, what he would do? And he reminds them. Here's the facts. The blind are receiving the gift of sight. Hey, John, those with leprosy are cleansed and can go home now. Uh, I just want you to know, those who are lame and can't get up off their mats, guess what? They're standing and they're running and leaping and praising God. Oh, and I want you to know something else. My friend Lazarus, who is dead, guess what? Lazarus is not dead any longer. (laughs) He's alive. So what do the facts tell you, John? The feelings of pain and trouble and confusion, they feed the doubt and the uncertainty. Okay? So here's what Jesus is saying. Uh, What does God's word tell you that's true and reliable? And we're thinking right now, well, my feelings tell me that I think you're mad at me, Jesus. I don't think you love me anymore. I don't feel loved because if you really loved me, I wouldn't be in the middle of this really harmful, painful, difficult situation. So that's the feeling, right? Anybody ever feel that way? Lord, I don't think you love me right now. I think, I think you're mad at me. Well, here's the fact, Romans 8 and verse 39. How does that feeling compare with the facts? Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is that not a good promise? Some of you need to write that down, you know. Got to refer back to that, okay? So what could ever separate you or I from the unconditional, sacrificial, eternal love of Jesus? And what would your answer be? What could ever separate us from that? Nothing. That's the facts, that's the evidence. You've got to go back to the evidence. But I don't feel like that right now. This situation is causing me right now to doubt. It's causing me to doubt his love for me. I get that. So here's the question, which is more reliable? Balcony is, is God's word, 
God's holy, inspired word more reliable, or are my feelings and my emotions about my circumstances more reliable? And what would the answer be? God's word every time. You understand? But the problem is, far too often, we're believing our feelings instead of the facts. That's why I give you this little train here, okay? So don't forget the train. What do you see here in the train? Jesus is directing John back to the facts. Jesus is directing John back to the evidence of God's word. John, put your faith in the facts. John, put your faith in the evidence and then allow your feelings to follow or allow your feelings to be the caboose, okay? So when you're in the pit and the dungeon and the pain and the trouble and the difficulty hit, uh, doubt begins to rear its ugly head, right? And now the, the doubts are beginning to grow. Here's what our world says. Trust your feelings. Your feelings are what you really can believe and count on. The world today says... Look and trust that emotional gut of yours. Look down deep inside. And Jesus is saying to John, no, no, feelings and emotions are important. God doesn't want us to be machines and little clones of Dr. Spock. Star Trek fans, anybody? Uh, Here's how Dr. Tony Evans says it. But feelings have no intellect. Feelings aren't smart. Feelings do not think. They are real, they are powerful, but they do not think. All we can do with feelings is react. All we can do with feelings is is just react to them. Put the feelings on the caboose on the train of your life. Make sense? Because as soon as your feelings become the engine, you're headed to some bad places. Every bad decision I've ever made, you ready? I had the feelings as the engine of my life. And I suspect that's true for you as well. Again, mistakes we make in life is when the feelings are in the front and they're leading the charge instead of the evidence, instead of the facts, instead of God's word. Feelings are very real. But the question is, are they right or are they wrong feelings? Are they feelings that line up with God's word? Or are they feelings that are are just out in left field? Cast your feelings against the evidence. Align your thinking and your actions with God's truth. Now go to verse 7 with me if you have uh, your Bible or on your phone or open it up. Verse 7 is the response now to John. He gives him the facts, gives him the evidence, and then Jesus has one more thing he wants to say about John, and notice he says it to the crowd. John's disciples are there, his 12 disciples are there, but he turns to the crowd, and here's what he says, verse 7. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? In other words, when you went out to hear John, this guy was bold. There was tornado of all sorts of public opinion and politically correct thinking back in that day. 
This guy was not afraid to speak bold truth. There was no swaying in the wind. He wasn't just a reed. This guy was bold and strong. He never bent the truth, not even for a second. Verse 8, if not, what what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? (laughs) Was he well-dressed? No, no. He wasn't in fancy robes. He wasn't some well-dressed delivery boy. Uh, he, he wasn't dressed. He wasn't in these fine king's palace clothes. Verse 9, then what did you go out to see? You saw a prophet. Yes, I tell you, you saw more than a prophet. You saw someone who was there as my messenger. I'll send my messenger ahead of you. He'll prepare your way before you. Here's what you need to know. John was my man. Isn't that good? You need to know, crowds, John was my messenger. He came and spoke for me. He was my prophet. He was my forerunner. I'm proud of the job that John did for me. Now just pause for a second. So what has changed for John? Where's John right now in all of this? He's still languishing in prison uh, in just a little while. Uh, some little girl's going to come and dance for Herod, and he's going to get his head chopped off. Okay? So what has changed about John's situation? Are you ready? Nothing. <laughs> he's still in prison, still wrestling with his doubts, still uncertain about Jesus. But Jesus is telling the crowds, he's telling us here today, you know what? John may be doubting me right now, but I'm not doubting John. Is that not good? I know John's struggling right now. He's in this season of uncertainty, and and I know he's struggling right now, but here's what I want you to know, everybody. John is still my man. I don't doubt him at all. And I think that's great news for us, Easter Sunday, 2018, because that's real stuff. Sometimes we're, we're in the middle of these hard times and we're struggling and we're going through these hard, difficult times and doubts grow. And I've got this uncertainty that's taken up root. Here's what you know. If you're doubting here this morning, are you ready? You're in really good company. Because the truth is, that's what church is all about. We, we are a family of doubters. Did you know that's why we gather here Sunday after Sunday? Why, why do we meet here? Well, why is it important that you show up to church Sunday after Sunday? Are you ready? Because I need to be reminded of the evidence. I need to be pointed back to the facts. Because in this world that's all based on feelings and how do I feel and what does my gut say, I need to go back and say, no, no, what do, what do the facts say? That's the key. I need to know what the evidence is all about. We need to sing songs of worship and praise to remind us I'm not the king of my life. You're not the boss of your life. It's not feelings. It's not somebody else. It's the resurrected king, Jesus Christ. He's the king. He's the boss. That's why we gather here Sunday after Sunday. I, I need to be reminded of that. Because my memory is short, and the world is intense, pressing in on us day after day after day. Locate this card in your uh, 
in your Bible? What'd you, in your Bible, in your bulletin, yeah. It was close, started with a B. Next Sunday, Brant said this earlier, but I want to I pound it one more time. Next Sunday, um, we're going to begin a five-week series all about the subject of dealing with doubt. Faith during tough times. Where is God when bad things happen? Can I encourage you? Can I, uh, can I challenge you? Can you do this? Can you uh, come back next Sunday and bring your doubts with you? Because doubters are welcome here in this church. Doubters are, and, and maybe you, you know a friend who's a big-time doubter. Bring them with you. Jesus says, I can handle it. I'm a big and awesome God. I can handle doubt. I can handle your hard questions. Come back next Sunday. We'll talk about faith during tough times. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes as we close. Here's what you need to know. That doubt and faith can coexist. Meaning you don't have to have every question answered before you say yes and believe in Jesus. Sometimes it, it's like, oh, I've got to have every one of my questions and doubts down. I need to know all the answers, complete knowledge, complete understanding, and then I'll respond to Jesus in my life. I would suggest to you, I've never met anybody who's got all the questions down, who's got all the answers. There, there was only one. And that's who we celebrate today, who went to the cross and arose from the dead. So, maybe uh, you've been thinking, I, I need to know everything, need to have all my questions answered. Uh, I still got a few areas of doubt, but I've seen Jesus alive and work in me, in me, and I sense that he's knocking on my heart's door, and he's nudging, and he's working. Um, did you know that faith is saying, you know what? I'm ready to respond to that knocking. I'm ready to respond and take a step of faith in your direction, Jesus. That's where faith begins. Again, it's not that you don't have your doubts and questions. It's, Lord, I, I see you active and alive around me, and now I'm ready to move towards you. I'm willing to take a step of faith in your direction. Is that you today? Ready to take a step of faith in the direction of Jesus? Even with your doubts and even with your questions, faith and doubt can coexist. Right where you're seated, Jesus just want you to know I'm looking for the facts and the evidence. And here's the facts. Jesus was the sinless Lamb of God, qualified to take your place and my place on the cross. Fact number two, Jesus shed his blood for our greatest problem. What's my greatest problem? Yours. We're sinners. 
Jesus took our place in the grave. Early Sunday morning, Jesus literally, bodily, physically arose from the dead. He did that for doubters and sinners like us. And right now, Jesus, with questions and some doubt, I'm going to take a step in your direction, Jesus. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I'm ready to walk this road called life with you. I'm ready to start this journey called faith with you, Jesus. And I step out by faith. Even as we close right now, won't embarrass you, won't ask you to come forward or stand, but I'd like to pray with you even as we close. Anybody say, I'm, I'm ready to take that first step towards Jesus today. Anybody? Right where you're seated? Yeah. Are there others? Yep. Anybody else? I'm going to take that first step towards you, Lord. I got some doubts. Uh, I, I'm a little confused in a few areas, but I'm willing to take those first steps towards you. Anybody else? Lord, I want to pray for those who just uh, lifted up their hands with doubt and questions in mind. I pray that as they get on this road called faith, this journey of life, Lord, I, I pray that they might say, yes, Jesus, I believe, I receive. And Lord, might they uh, begin to dig into your book. Might they begin to get their questions answered. I pray for my friends in the middle of a season of adversity and trouble and pain and confusion. Thank you that just like you did with John the Baptist, you're not mad, you're not angry. <laughs> you meet us right in the middle of our struggle. Thanks for loving us that much. And Lord, help us to be people of facts and evidence. Lord, might we always go back and line up our feelings with your book. Thank you again that we get to gather here Easter Sunday morning, 2018. It's good to worship you together. It's in the strong and the mighty name of Jesus we pray all of these things. Amen. Hey, everybody. Happy Resurrection Day. He is risen. What do you say back? He's risen indeed. Lord bless you. Next week, where's God during the hard times? You are dismissed.